There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is all about helping people create more meaningful and purposeful lives and equipping leaders inside organizations to cultivate meaning and purpose that elicits passion, inspired contribution, innovation, and persevering performance. I talk with my guests to draw on their expertise, and I share my own experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. Each week in these conversations, I hope you walk away with something you can immediately use in your life or work. And if I can do anything to help you along your journey, go to my website at elisecortez.com and use the contact me feature to message me and let's open a conversation about what's going on for you and explore how I might be able to help whether you want to learn more about how to develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused culture in your organization you want to see about joining a catch fire online inspiration accountability or mastermind community to nurture your own passion and purpose or you'd like me to speak for your company or conference at any rate I'm glad we're connected and thanks for listening now on to this week's program. With us right next to me is Bruce Waller. He's the Vice President of Corporate Relocation for Armstrong Relocation and Companies and the author of a leadership book called Find Your Lane to inspire people with a career GPS approach to help them navigate a career with purpose. He also currently serves on Dallas HR Board of Trustees as well as Texas Sherm State Council as district. What district leader? District Director. District Director. We'll be talking about his experience working with Sherm and Dallas HR and what that's taught him, and also some leadership lessons he's learned from talking with and working with executives over his career. He's sitting right next to me in my in my Dallas office studio, and we're also broadcasting on Facebook live stream. Bruce, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thanks for having me, Elise. Isn't, it's great to be here and it, see you again. Isn't it fun? It's very fun. Last time we talked, I think it was at Starbucks. It was. Lots of energy. Had a great time. And Look forward to talking again. Likewise. And we and you're the one that introduced me to Adrienne Court, and we had a great conversation about culture. Thank one you. of my all-time favorites, yep. Adrienne. Yep. Excellent. Right. So, Alchemy Technologies. That's right. So thank you for that, con- that connection. And to start off, you whipped out this little card you've got here. Let's talk about this. I did. I, and that's kind of like what we're doing here so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Sherm, but I have this card, and this card is Convos and Coffee, Turn and this is a Sherm. This is a Sherm campaign that they are using to try to create better workplaces, which will make a better world. And it's all about starting a conversation. This particular, uh, interesting, this particular start a conversation uh, actually ask a question for employees to be able to like. Uh, talk to others in the workplace and, and open up conversations. So uh, it's pretty neat. Okay. I want to talk about that really quick. And then I want to kick into uh, what we have, what we have planned here. And also definitely want to hear from our listeners, whether you're coming in via the chat room on W4CY.com or whether you're coming in through the Facebook live stream, please join us. If you have any questions or comments, chime in. But what, what I want to point out about this card you're holding, which is really cool is it's, it says on the top, it says only one of two employees claim to understand the vision and goals of their organization. And so you've got this queued up here. It says, discuss a time you felt confused about your organization's vision 
vision and goals. So you're opening a channel of conversation between employees. Isn't that great? It's brilliant. And, and so this actually uh, was at the national conference and they had a place in the marketplace set up to where attendees at the conference could go and sit on the couch, have a cup of coffee and have a conversation. And I think you're going to hear more and more about this. I think it's an incredible campaign and it's really going to drive culture. Well, and what I love about that and what's so important about that, and for our listeners who don't know what we mean by SHRM, it stands for the Society for Human Resource Management. So if you've not heard that acronym before, there's only a million of them on the planet. (laughs) That's what that stands for. What I like about that is the importance of being able to create engaged communities at work. We spend at least a third of our lives at work, and if we're not connected to the people we're working with, it's 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 an empty experience. Oh, no question. No question at all. So I want to start by talking about your brand. I love this. This is so great to see what you what you have for your brand here. Your brand is people grower, people connector, and a people mover. I think that's just splendid. It just not it's so crisp. It's so clear. Tell us what that means for you. Yeah, I, really, that really came from a, um, a a exercise that I did. Jennifer McClure, the CEO of Unbridled Talent, was doing some branding exercises. So I decided I'm going to go through the exercise, and that is what I came out. And so when I think about People grower, people connector, and people mover. I think about okay, what what I want to do, what, what's purpose for me is about being in alignment with grow, connect, and move. So, for example, I want to grow because I know that I can help other people grow. I want to connect because I can help other people connect. I can help people connect with the resources if I learn more. And then, of course, move. I want to move, inspire people, but also I work for a relocation company, and I want to help them move their family as well. We mean move in all manners. That's so great. And what about dancing? Can we we move to dance moves? Yeah, I I think my wife would tell you I'm probably not a good dancer. (laughs) Okay, no, skip that part. Okay, so let me me call out a people that just joined us here. Deborah again. Great to have you, Veronica Perez Thomason. Great to have you, Brenda Gray's rocking it. And again, Sheila Bimani. Great to have you, um, Sonia Sal- Salguero. It's so great to have you, and Crystal Girl. We had you on as well, um, and Andrew as well. So thank you for joining us. It's great to have you. So the next thing I want to get into for our listeners, since you have a unique lens on this, since you're part of Society for Human Resource Management and Dallas HR, can you first help us understand what's happening with SHRM? What's the focus? What are they What are they care about these days? Yeah, I think when I talked earlier about better workplaces, better world, I think you're really seeing uh, some uh, a real shift. And what's happening is uh, a new CEO has come into play, and that's Johnny C. Taylor, very charismatic, and he's just doing a great job of moving everyone in the right direction and they've got some campaigns and the campaigns what I'm seeing is really around what we've seen but he's really been able to frame it and it's around recruiting and retention right and so around recruiting there's a couple of campaigns going on Uh, number one is getting talent back to work and you're seeing a lot on this and this is about uh, second chance employees and I'll talk a little bit more about that. And then also veterans back to work. I know you had a guest on recently talking about a military. There's almost 20,000 uh, military veterans coming into the workforce a month. I mean, that's 200,000 a year. And so try, trying to figure out how do we help them deploy, get back into the workplace. I love that. I really appreciate that. And yes, you're talking about my conversation with Carl Monger, who started a few, a gallant few. And it was a great conversation about how he helps veterans transition from military life to civilian life. Beautiful work that they're doing. So thank you for knowing and hearing about that. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the one of the programs uh, is, is the Veterans Back to Work program. It's really it's really being uh, driven by the Sherm Foundation, and uh, that particular program. What it what they're doing is they're offering a certificate to these HR professionals to help them with best practices and focus on attracting, hiring, and retaining veterans, and really the recruiting, hiring, and retention of and engagement of military. And so these HR professionals can go in and really consume this education, get a certificate, and they're going to be better equipped to be able to try to help the military get back into the workplace. I think it's incredible. I think it's it's we owe that to, to our veterans. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fantastic work. Um, so what about uh, you said something about the, the mission driven connection of within te- within Texas SHRM, the role of that in supporting the chapter leadership. I don't understand that connection. Yep. Say more about that. Yep, sure. Absolutely. So, so SHRM is made up of 300,000 plus members and affects over a million employees. And they have the state councils all over the U.S., and so Texas SHRM is really a, an organization that is mission driven. And what I mean by that is their mission is to support and connect chapter leaders to elevate the HR profession. And they do that through education. They do that through advocacy and they do that through leadership development. Mm-hmm. So it's all about helping these chapters, 32 in the state of Texas. Uh, and support 20,000 SHRM members uh, to to just be more equipped in, in the HR profession and really not only help the HR uh, professional, but also elevate the HR profession. I love that. Yeah. And how did you get involved? I mean, that's quite a big job, my dear. I mean, you've already got a full-time job. you got a family. You're writing books. I mean, what else are you doing? Yeah, no, it's a great story. I actually <laughs> I joined Armstrong Relocation in 2004, and I had been on the uh, management side of operations. And so I decided that I wanted to uh, get in on the uh, really the, the the marketing side of our business. And so I joined Armstrong Relocation in 2004. And immediately I thought, OK, I need to figure out who do I need to talk to and how can I engage? And so, of course, I went out and I networked with many Many different groups. There, there are lots of groups out there, by the way, uh, that you can network with, and you just got to find your lane. And we're going to talk about that. But for me, my lane was a Dallas HR, uh, which is the third largest Sherm chapter in the country, by the way, here right here in Dallas, Texas, and the North Texas Relocation Professionals. So in Dallas HR, it's a very interesting. Really, it was all about showing up. Of volunteering and really leaning in to figure out how can you serve the organization, right? That's yep. when things change. And so I joined the organization in 2005 and became president in 2012, served on the board of trustees as I do today. And then in 2019, I was asked to be part of the Texas State Council. Thank you for your leadership and your service. Well, you're welcome. It's really, really important work. I want to acknowledge um, one of our listeners here who came on through W4CY, the chat room. David, you were asking about vets. I believe we answered that question earlier, but just in case, you want, if you want to know more, go ahead and chime back into the into the chat room. Thank you for your question and for your engagement. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Right? Good stuff. Absolutely. Good stuff. I'd love to connect with you and continue the conversation. Uh, so, David, did you hear that? If you want to reach out to, to um, Bruce at the end of the show, we'll, we'll talk about how to find him. Um, All right, so let me ask you this. You know I can't resist asking this because I'm a researcher, I'm a social scientist, and I'm always going to ask the why questions. What is it about this work that so fulfills you, that so engages, that keeps you so at work at it over these years? You know, I I really, for me, it's all about 
in, uh, being able to, I, I, I've been through, you know, when I wrote my book, and we'll talk about that, Find Your Lane, I talk a lot about challenges and uh, failures and successes, and I'm to a point to where I just feel like I have a platform to be able to help people. And so my gift really, I think, is encouraging encouraging people that listen there there are ways and there are strategies that you can use to have more fulfillment have more joy have more purpose in your work but it's going to start with with us well i think that is absolutely brilliant um i want to hear more about that we're going to we're going to serve that up through some of the questions i know that you have you've got at least 10 lessons that you learned from top business leaders that you talk about in your book i want to talk about that next but i think now is a good time to grab our first break I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Bruce Waller. He's the Vice President of Corporate Relocation for Armstrong Relocation and Companies and the author of a leadership book called Find Your Lane to inspire people with a GPS approach to help them navigate a career with purpose. We've been talking a bit about his leadership roles here in the Society for for Human Resource Management and what he's learned about being in the field and why he's so passionate about it. After the break, we're going to talk about those 10 lessons he's learned from business leaders. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Bruce Waller. He's the Vice President of Corporate Relocation for Armstrong Relocation and Companies, and he also currently serves on the Dallas HR Board of Trustees, as well as the Texas Sherm State Council as a district director. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So before we get back into the conversation, I want to acknowledge a listener we have on W4CY. Hello, Lena. I see you have got a question here. You're not a question. You're commenting. You're saying, I find networking so hard. I get shy around new people. And I wonder if maybe what Bruce just said before the break could help you. He said that he went and, and he volunteered for this organization that he cares about. He became of service. And then he got known by people. And then pretty soon before you knew it, you know, he's got a leadership role. I wonder if that's a way to help you get over your shy while being of service and connecting meaningfully with others. Hey, I'm, I'm just going to say networking is hard. Yeah. If it were if it were easy, everybody would be doing it, and, and it's very hard. But here's what I say. I say that whenever we – so let me just tell you just a real quick story. Um, there's a story I heard where a lady worked for two gentlemen. So one of them was an outgoing leader, and one of them was an incoming leader. And somebody asked the lady, what was the difference between the two leaders? And she said, well, the first leader was very interesting. and But the second leader, he was very interested. And so for me, it was about uh, when I go to network, it's about having a mindset to go there to learn about other people and how you might be able to somehow connect with them and help them versus whatever you whatever your agenda is. And so that's kind of how it starts. And it's just really about 
and, and I put in my book, it's about showing up and trying to figure out how can I learn and how can I add value. Hopefully that helps. That's beautiful. I hope that you got some value from that, Lena. And thanks for, for chiming in in the chat room. That's beautiful. And that actually goes right into the very first leadership lesson that you talk about in your book. Um, and that's serve first. Before we get into that, share a little bit about how you learn these lessons and why you, you, you've got 10 in your book. Why did you pick these 10 and how did you, how did you capture them? Yeah, so whenever I started working for Armstrong Relocation, I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be known as a sales guy. I wanted to be known as someone who could help right? A trusted advisor. And so I started a newsletter and I wrote a newsletter for many years and then I morphed that over to a blog in 2011. And in my blog, it's called a relocation minute at brucewaller.com. But in my blog, I started writing about relocation. Well, unless you're relocating, it's really not a hot topic. But when you're relocating, it's very, very, very important. important. So I decided that, okay, well, I'm going to start writing about some other things. And I started writing about leadership. In 2016, I decided to do something a little bit different. And I interviewed some of the top leaders in the country. These were leaders of oil and gas companies, leaders of multi-billion dollar corporations. These were professors in universities. And I asked them, and I called it a Be a Lifter interview series. And so what I wanted to find out from them was, I'd asked 10 questions, and the questions were around, hey, where'd you grow up? What books do you read? But the last question I asked is, what advice would you give others coming into the business? And when I got through with all of these interviews, I put this together and I I thought how impactful and how pragmatic it is for these senior leaders to be sharing that this is what I would advise to be a better leader, to have success in your career. And that's where I came up with these. And of course, the first one serve first that's brilliant so so and you're you're a perfect walking billboard of that thank you right it's, thank you. it's really beautiful it's inspiring thank you so serve first say just a little bit more about that yeah, what no. they meant by that well it's just like when we were talking about networking earlier it's about having a mindset of how can i serve the people that i meet whether it's in your home how can I serve my children? How can I serve my wife? It is in your workplace. How can I be a better employee? How can I serve you? And a lot of times when I think about serving in the workplace, uh, I always refer back to the Wayne Gretzky term, don't skate to the pack, puck, skate to where the puck's going. Anticipate. If you're asking a question, kind of anticipate what or, or maybe you're maybe you have something that you need to give someone and maybe anticipate some of the questions ahead of time so you can serve them well. And so mm. it's about just like leaning in and just finding out how can I help them? Because it is true. The more you help others, it will come back in tenfold. Mm-hmm. It just does. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So listeners, if you want to start writing this stuff down, the first here's the first the first uh, leadership lesson is serve first. The second one is never stop learning. Say a little bit more about that. Yeah, just real, I mean, and when I was in college, I really thought when I was done, I mean, that was it. It was like, <laughs> yes, I got my degree. No more learning. Uh, there's a uh, there's a slogan at Nike, and it says, "There is no finish line," mm-hmm. and that's true for learning. Continuous learning. I'm learning all the time. I'm learning tonight. With absolutely. you, Elise. Absolutely. And so the thing about it is when we have a never stop learning mindset, whether it's you're reading books, listening to an audible, going to an, whatever that is, that you're able to take that information and you're able to share that with others and you can help them along the way. 
Um, so I, I, I'm going to echo this really quick. If you can look behind me, those of you that are on Facebook live stream, and you see my my um, bookshelf back here, I um, somebody actually said to me that I, I'm a I'm a I'm a radio show host with a reading problem. And that's exactly right. So because very often when I get on, I'm of course I read Bruce's book in in preparation for this conversation. So to well, fully enforce. And I and I'll just say just the never stop learning as president of Dallas HR. I was no longer in an HR practitioner seat. I was in a business leader seat, but I still took the PHR certification and the SHRM CP certification to get certified so I could understand the HR practitioners and how I could serve them more. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Lesson number three, tell others they are appreciated. Who doesn't like to feel appreciated? And when you hear someone say, hey, thank you, or hey, you're doing a great job, it just feels good. I love to be, you know, with with that. Well, and so what I'll, I'll chime in with that is in the years before when I was focused on doing employee engagement assessments and, and consulting, pretty much the number one variable that drove uh, employee engagement was feeling valued and appreciated. Most people want to feel like, hey, I showed up today and somebody actually noticed and appreciated it. Yeah, I, I just uh, when I was uh, in about my third or fourth year, the vice president of sales put a note on my desk about I was doing a great job. And it just made me feel I think I like the word you used. It made me feel valued. And it also made me work harder. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And so and, you know, you do need to be present to be able to say this stuff. You've got to be able to. To, to be in a space where you can you can actually catch somebody's contribution in the act, if you will. Yes, uh, Tony Aragon. Yes, that's right. That's so true, she says. I love that. All right, so lesson number four, have a nothing is ever accomplished alone philosophy. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that, I mean, we, we're all better together, aren't we? And so uh, I have so many examples on that. But I think we can all agree that when we when we are working something by ourselves and then when we bring people along with us it just feels different doesn't it it's so much better it is so much better with people yes and yeah. the other thing is too right we can do so much more with and through others yeah and and it's not just accomplishing it, it's about being as well i was actually thinking i was sharing the story one time about how i went to play golf i've only done this one time and i went to play golf with my by myself and how it just didn't feel the same as no. when I played with others. I couldn't engage and bring them with me and the stories and all of that. And so accomplishing isn't just about achieving a goal. It's about just togetherness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. It's yummy. Um, okay, number five lesson. Mentors are key for growth. Oh, my gosh. I can say a lot about that, but you go first. No, um, I will just say that if it weren't for mentors in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, my brother's been a great mentor. I have people in my company that's been a great mentor. I have people in Dallas HR that have been. I, there's uh, uh, authors that don't even know that I, that I'm. No, they're a mentor. They don't even realize that I have them. So mentors are very, very important. What were you going to say about it? I want to say two things to that. 
And we do have a question here from from Bob, um, but I'll get to that in just a second. I want to say thank you to two mentors who both know that they they mean a lot to me, but I think it's important to keep saying thank you loudly and often. First, Roland Hartle, who fired me at age 19. He fired me because he knew and saw that I could do something way more with my life than I could ever saw. And he said, if you stay here, you'll never do it. He said, you got to get out of here. You got to go see the world and you got to get into education. But before you go, hire your replacement. Boom, there's the door. Wow. (laughs) Fantastic. I I mean, really, the guy opened my whole life, opened, saved my life. Roland, I love you. You know that. Thank you so much. Number two, Sean Anderson, love you forever. He was my mentor and coach and has still been for at least the last couple of years. I wouldn't be living my purpose today without Sean Anderson. Without his encouragement, without him helping me along the way, encouraging me, empowering me, and helping me clear my mindset and my roadblocks, I would not be living my purpose and doing the work that I'm doing today. I love that. Wow. Isn't that amazing? And I've never heard a story about, thank you for firing oh, me. Oh, yes. And you're a great mentor in my life. I I mean, that's that's yeah. an incredible testimony. We are still in touch. He's uh, he's 83 years old. Um, I helped him plan his his. I think it was his 75th, no, it was 80th birthday party. We celebrated that. He's still out inventing products. He, I see him every year. Well, one thing I am excited about with Dallas HR, and we actually have a mentorship program. And so the last couple of years, I've been able to mentor college students. Uh, 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 my first year was a young lady, Alondra Flores, uh, from um, uh, Texas Women's University. And then this year, Morgan Shelton. And she was, she is with uh, UTD. And one of the things that we did this year with Morgan is I decided that I'm going to re-tap into my network and I'm going to reach out. And we went and visited two HR professionals that were practice that were in the workplace. And we went to the workplace and Morgan asked them questions and we called it HR around town. Uh, around and town. it was incredible uh, experience, not only for Morgan, but the 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 the, the HR professionals, Absolutely. Kim Pashoda and Chrissy Rogers, and then even m- myself, it was very very inspiring. And I tell people all the time: when you're getting a mentor, focus on uh, experience, accessibility, and connectivity. Mm-hmm. Can they help you get connected where you need to go? That's beautiful, Bruce. Okay, let's keep chugging. I want to make sure that we give the whole list to our listeners. Number six lesson from business leaders is always evaluate where you are today. Yeah, I think that's very important. And, and that goes really along with self-awareness. I mean, I think we're hearing a lot, and that's very important to be self-aware. And so, you know, it's like I mentioned earlier, there's no finish line. Uh, whenever I achieve a certain goal, I can't stop. I need to be aware. I need to evaluate where I'm at today and what do I need to do to get to where I want to go tomorrow? Who do I need to connect with and, 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 and what do I need to learn? And so I think we always need to evaluate where we are to get better. Mm-hmm. I really applaud that. It's not just because it's smacking and lean that work that I do, but it's just, I think it's, it's critical. Okay, number seven, stay humble. Yeah, staying humble. You know, sometimes that's that's hard. I remember early on in my career, whenever I landed my first account, I was so excited. I got so excited. And then I remember a couple of years later, I had lost an account and I got so down. <laughs> and I realized, you know what, you just, you really just have, a, have to have the right perspective. Yeah. You know, and even kill um, and having that, you know, hu- humility Uh, along the way. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was just going to say just this morning, I had a beautiful conversation with a man who told me that in his previous life, life before he he got into the business world, he was a preacher. 
And he said, you would not believe how people revere you in that role. And he said, you know, we still have all of our own flaws and everything else in life. We, you know, But people put us way up in this pedestal. And we, you really have to manage your self-esteem, your self-awareness, and your humility in that role. I think that is such a great example of what we're talking about right here. Yeah, I think we always need to remember what God is here, mm-hmm. right? That's right. That's right. Beautiful. Um, next, number eight lesson is have a failing makes us better attitude. Love that, please. Oh, yes. Failing. Who likes to fail? Raise your hand. <laughs> Not me. But, you know, that failing is just part of the process. And the more we fail, the the better we will get from that. And unfortunately, we don't like to do it, but it's going to make us better. And I, I have a story I, I share many times. I shared it in my book about a time when I failed. I was at working as a manager, and we were had potholes in our parking lot, and I failed uh, because I didn't uh, collaborate. I didn't bring others with me on my journey. I, I basically made the decision mm-hmm. to go ahead and have the work done, and it was really a. It was kind of. It was really a scam, and you you can read about it. But uh, what happened was, <laughs> I I just wanted potholes. Uh, uh, field in the parking lot and whenever I came to work the next day the whole entire parking lot was paved brand new (laughs) and I thought oh my gosh I'm going to get fired and I um, what is this going to cost and so uh, you know I I learned and and I think the thing about it is for failure is this we just need to learn from it we're going to fail just accept it I mean it's not fun going through that uh, at the time but like you talked about earlier, you know, with your job, you know, you got That's fired. Could, could be considered a failure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm so grateful for that, right? But yeah, I've right. been studying a fair amount on failure, and I've had a couple guests talking about it that have taught me a lot about failure. Okay. And one of the things they talk about is if you if the, the opportunity there is to face that failure as, okay, I found out another way it doesn't work. And to keep moving. It's if, if we get stopped in our tracks because of our failure, then we're, we've kind of missed the opportunity. It's that thing to step back in the game, you know, put your hand back in the fire, if you will, once you have failed. That's where the rubber really meets the road, I think. Uh, there's one uh, acronym I put in my book, and I got it from my good friend Terry Forrest. And he says, uh, fear is false evidence that appears real. And it's just like, hey, do I need to make a call? Do I need to have that tough conversation? I mean, you may have, you may fail from it, but the 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 good news is we learn from it. Yeah, yeah. and 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 to encourage that learning mentality. Yeah. Two more really quick, and yep. I want to get Bob's question before yep. we go on our break. Number nine is add value to others. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important thing we can do in any job is figuring out how can we add value. The company has hired us to come in and help them achieve their business goals. And but we are also expected to figure out how can we continue to add value? I mean, whether it's through positivity, uh, through um, just be, having resources, through when you network and finding different ways to help the company. I, I think that we got to figure out how can I help my coworker? How can I add value to the company? How can I add value to my network? Whatever it is, continually looking for that. I'm down with that entirely. Number 10, last leadership lesson here is surround yourself with great people. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably for me, that's what advice I would give anyone. And when you're around great people, good things happen, right? I, I think I read something one time that you're the average of the five people that you're surrounded by. And so I think that anytime you surround yourself with great people, great things are going to happen. 
I completely agree. Yeah. I was just going to mention on that add value to those as well. Uh, it's you know that also is about take basically you taking the initiative or us taking the initiative to go out and read a book, to go out and listen to an audible, to go out and get that certification. Figure always looking for ways to get better to add value to your company as well. Here, here. Yeah. That brings me back to my problem. I'm a radio show host with a reading problem. No problem. I That's love it. it. I love it. I okay. love your bookcase. Thank you. Well, it's, I'm, I'm out of room, as you can see. Okay, so Bob, um, you're our last question before we go on our break here. He says, do you think everyone can be a leader? I do. I think that if you want to be a leader, you can be a leader. And I think that starts with uh, making the, the choices, right? Making choices um, and, and developing habits to help you get better. Not, you know, uh, me personally, um, if I was wanting to be a better leader, I would go find a good leader and have a conversation with them. Yeah, I agree. Wonderful way to send us into our, into our break. Bob. Great question. Yeah, Bob, thanks for that question. Time for a break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Bruce Waller. He's the Vice President of Corporate Relocation for Armstrong Relocation and Companies and the author of a leadership book called Find Your Lane to inspire people with a career GPS approach to helping them navigate a career with purpose. He joins us today from my studio office right here next to me in Dallas. We're also broadcasting live on Facebook, live stream. After the break, we're going to talk more about some key points from his book. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Bruce Waller. He's the Vice President of Corporate Relocation for Armstrong Relocation and Companies. He's also currently serving as on the Dallas HR Board of Trustees, as well as Texas Sherm State Council as District Director. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Before we go back, if we can, Bruce, let's acknowledge a few of the folks that just joined us. Um, we we have um, Angel Navarrete. Angel Navarrete is my what I call my brother from 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 Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Hola, Romano. Um, miss you terribly. Vashti Wright is my, actually, I call her my right-hand publicist and business manager. Ty, I love it. Thank you for joining us. It's so great to have you with us. Okay, so for this last segment here, Bruce, let's bring it home from your book. Um, so let me show this book to the folks that are oh, watching. Oh, I'm excited. On, this, yes. is, this is the book here, folks, on, on Facebook live stream that we're going to be talking from here. But I just wanted to give a few pearls that I thought really stood out as I went through and read the book, Bruce. There's a couple of things. One, I want to talk about this thing about defining moments. I think that is such an important part of, of our, our conscious self-awareness journey. So there was a couple pieces in there that I that resonated for me as I thought about that. But what are a couple of, of those defining moments for you? Well, first of all, thank you for reading my book. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. I, yeah, whenever I get... Uh, people want to talk about the book. I get so excited. That's so I get great, so excited. Right? So Pretty soon find, it'll be my turn when I finish right? my book. I can't wait. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> so I think that 
Uh, Yeah, we have defining moments, and and we all know what those defining moments are, and it's a matter of, did we take action on those defining moments? Just one in particular, there have been so many in in my career, but uh, really, for me, my first defining moment was uh, deciding to show up my first day of college to a college fraternity party. And what happened was, is I moved to uh, a city at University of Central Oklahoma in Edmond, and I w- was living with my grandmother. I didn't know anybody there. I went to the sporting goods store to buy a college book bag. And there was a man by the name of John Pello. And he said, hey, you know, are you going to school here? And I said, yes. And he said, well, you ought to come by this fraternity party tonight. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I went to the fraternity party. And I pulled up. And there was lots of loud music, lots of cars, And I got out, I pulled in, I parked, I got out of my car and I walked about three steps and I heard a guy say, you can't park there. And immediately I froze and I'm like, oh no, I need to get my car and I need to just leave. (laughs) And so I got in my car, I moved my car. And so my defining moment was I got to the stop sign and I could turn left and go back to back home or I could turn right and go into that face, the party, the fear, we were talking about the fear early. And so anyway, I did I did go back in. I met a lot of people there, but that's where I met my wife uh-huh. at, that, uh, during that time. And so that was a defining moment. I mean, I could have not, not made that decision. Uh, I also had that even with, uh, and a lot of t- times defining moments for me have been through like networking, right? Making that, having the courage to make that choice to say, you know what, here's a defining moment. I've got to embrace it. I love that. I love it. And this is similar, but not quite the same. And that's about choices. You've got a section in your book that's that's called Your Choices Will Shape You. And I think that's incredibly profound. So if you can give our listeners a, a couple of, of ideas about how to navigate choices, and I want to share one or two choices that really made a difference for me. I think when it comes to choices, I mean, I think that we all have choices, right? We have the choice to get up early or sleep in. We have the choice to uh, be positive or negative or how we're going to respond to something. Or we have the choice to uh, go take that certification. And I think that uh, we just have to make good choices every day and, and surround ourselves around good people to make those good choices. And I, I talk about that in the, in, uh, in my book and I talked about uh, John Maxwell has a section on there about some of the choices that you make uh, will, will make you in time. Oh, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just two choices that I want to share and, and both of them were risky. Okay. So in my mid twenties, I was 25 years old and I was dating a man at the time and, and, after a month of dating, he said, I'm going to get moved to Spain, Madrid, Spain. Okay. And and he's, and I said, you're going to do great. That's fantastic. What a great opportunity. And he says, I think you should come with me. Oh. And so four months later, I did. I, I followed this man that I knew for four months and moved to Spain, Madrid, Spain. We went, we lived there for six months, went all over Western Europe. And then we got moved to Rio de Janeiro and were, was there for two, for two years, went all over South America. That experience rocked my world, totally mm-hmm. opened my mind and heart and soul wide open. If mm-hmm. I would have said, no, I think I'm going to stay here, what I would have missed. The other major choice that I made is I chose to jump off the cliff to restart my management consulting practice and focus it on meaning and purpose. I didn't have a bunch of clients yeah. that needed my work, yeah. but I just knew this is my purpose. I need to do this. I'm choosing to embrace the life that I'm being called to do. And I'm telling you, that choice has made all the difference in my world. I love that. 
I love that. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you said that, it made me think about whenever I decided to take the job at Armstrong Relocation. I'd been a general manager for a company, and I actually had, when I took this position, I had three offers on the table. Two of them were similar to what I was doing, similar pay, but Armstrong was about a 50% pay cut, but the potential to make more. And I made the choice to go to Armstrong, and that was that was a, a defining moment at that time, but it was risky. Mm-hmm. It was risky. I have three children, and I'm <laughs> sure my wife be. was wondering, hey, is that the right choice you want to make? But you know what? I was following my heart. Mm-hmm. I just had something pulling me saying, you've just got to try it. Go for it. Right. Right. And and that's another it's something else you have in your book that's related to what we've been talking about. But the importance of taking action and that doing so often does come with risk. We've been talking about that. Um, but, you know, I'm sure those three children enjoyed eating dinner every night. Yeah. And, uh, and so did you and your wife. Uh, no question. <laughs> and it wasn't easy. And I'll, and I'll tell you, when we decide to take action, uh, there is a. A story I talk about, and, and I heard you talk about on the show, your last show, I think you were talking about being all in. It's similar to that, uh, but it's a, a story I heard about burning the boats. Oh, yes. And your listeners may have heard it, but it's about when a, a Spanish army uh, was going over to conquer uh, an army of uh, island of warriors. And whenever they got over to the island, the general said, hey, burn all the boats. And they said, because... You know, you got to burn the boats. There's no retreating. And I remember sitting in my office when I took the Armstrong relocation job thinking, okay, I can I can do this or I can go back to doing what I, I can't or I can go back to doing what I was doing. But you really can't have one foot in and one foot out. You have to draw the line in the sand and you have to burn the boats. Whatever you decide to do, you just have to go for it. You just have to go for it. And so I think that uh, for me, that was a big pivotal pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and that's, I, 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 there is so much about just putting yourself all in and not having one foot out, you know, just out here, just kind of tiptoeing to see what else you might anchor into and, and run from this current situation. That is, it's so important. It's so orienting. I think many times that's what we do. I, like we talked about networking earlier. We go to a networking event and then we skip a couple. And then we go to whatever it is we're doing. We have one foot in and we have one foot out. We're like, you know what? If it doesn't work, we'll do this. And it's really about just drawing the line on the sand, line in the sand, just saying, I'm burning the boats. I'm going for it. I'm going to be all in and just see what happens. Well, and that goes to my world, right, where I'm always talking about the importance of cultivating meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose. When you jump in like that, you're given of yourself, and that's what we call, I call passion. When Whatever it is that you're giving of yourself, pouring of yourself into something else, that's passion. Passion is irresistible. It gives you energy, gives you juice. It helps you better relate to stress. It works. Oh, I agree. And you and, and, and we also need to gauge on, okay, what do we go all in? You can't go all in on everything. You have to pick your spots. Right. Right. And so I'm asked to serve on uh, other boards and I have to really decide which boards can I be all in on? Because if I really can't be all in, I, I, it doesn't serve the organization or, or me well. Well, and, well. and that might also speak to one of the other things that I really enjoyed about your book. You've got a section in your book called Dreaming Big When Planning Excellence. Oh, I remember that section because I wrote that section. That was really about goals. And, uh, I, you know, it comes down to I was actually somebody had actually posted on Twitter yesterday and they said, hey, I have a goal. I want to try to reach 100 followers on my blog in 2020. And my response is, 
let's dream bigger. So dreaming bigger means times that times five or times that times 10. It might be 500, it might be 1,000. But whenever you times that times 10, what happens? You can't do it by yourself. So you have to really pull in other resources. But I just like to just dream big. And when I'm doing it, I I really want to go for excellence along the way. So Dallas HR, we have an executive uh, breakfast series that has won a Pinnacle Award through SHRM. And this is for executive HR professionals. We have a, a, the breakfast three times a year. But before I was president, we just had a little round table and we had a few people show up. And we decided to stop the program. A couple of years later, we said, okay, let's start it up again. But if we're going to do it, let's do it with excellence. And so uh, mm-hmm. today we have, a, and, and it's a sold out group uh, each time uh, for that. Pro- so it's an excellent program now. And so I think it all comes down to uh, let, let's, let's, let's dream big and let's do it with everything we got. I love that. And I also think to me what that speaks to when I, I know when I'm working with leaders inside organizations and I'm doing coaching, um, we talk about the importance of, of standing in the future you want to live into. Mm. And so you're talking about living in excellence. If we yeah. stand today in, 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 a, in, a, in an environment of excellence and we let, we let that pull us forward, that's, a, that's where we can always draw juice from, be inspired by, and in the sa- at the same time while living and reaching toward that, we inspire others to come with us. I love that. Isn't that and, and people And people want to be around, they want to be around energy, they want to be around yes. success, yes. they want to be with you on that journey. Oh, it's it's invigorating. And um, to that end, Ty has a question here, and I'm not sure what she means by it, but maybe you know. How do you pick your spots? Oh, that's a great, great question. And I think it really comes down to what I talked about earlier. D- is it Does it align with um, my, uh, grow, connect, and move? I mean, because when I'm looking at doing that, I want to make sure that's in alignment. Um, a lot of times I talk about also, I talk about the importance of values, being a values-driven leader. And I think that here's one of the things I did put in my book, and that is uh, when your values are clear, choices are easier to make along the journey. I so agree with that. Yeah. And so, um, and, and then, you know, I may... Uh, during the, the process, I may pick something that aligns more with me versus going for achievement, right? Alignment, or I talk a lot about alignment over achievement. Something that might align with me more, it may not, I may not get paid more or make whatever it is, you know, I may not get more, but it allows, but I feel fulfilled. And that's really what I'm going for is, is that, you know, that fulfillment and, and being aligned with who I am and, and the values that I'm driving. I'm in that all. I'm in, I'm in that boat all day long. I love it. I love it. Couple more questions okay. for you because we're almost out of time okay. already. It's been fun. Isn't it amazing? The time it flies. Right. I love fact, it. I'm telling you, what I found out is what happens on this show is time goes backwards. I don't know what happens. It goes away. Okay. This what something else you have in your book that says invest in yourself to inspire others. Of course, you know I'm completely aligned with that idea. Yeah. And I do feel that that's what I do on this show. So I really do invest in my own growth and thought leadership to educate and inspire my listeners while doing the same for myself. This is a thought leadership platform for me that catalyzes my development, and I share it with my listeners as I'm going through the process. I love that. So, um, what what else do you do to invest in? In yourself. 
Well, I'm constantly uh, doing some kind of an educational course. For example, I continue my training in logotherapy. So mm-hmm. I've been in, I've been a student this whole year in logotherapy. I'm I'm a student. Mm-hmm. Um, I take exams the whole bit, um, and that's part of what I use. That that research and that inquiry, Bruce, is what I also use to f- always further refine my leadership development work, my program, and how I coach. So where I'm going with that is that you're busy. <laughs> You're a very busy person. Slightly. And I'm I'm busy as well. As a matter of fact, one of the things I started doing in 2018 is I wanted to learn to play the piano. Oh, yes. And so I started taking piano lessons, and I have now been taking them for since uh, May of 2018. And many times I think to myself, oh, man, I don't have time for this. But each time I go to the lesson, I'm like, I'm so glad I went. And so I think we have to continue to invest because – Again, I think I mentioned earlier is that the more we grow, the more we can share with others. Absolutely. Along along the way, right? I well, I want to learn to play the piano because I just want to. I don't want to really learn to be Beethoven. I want to learn to just play a few Christmas songs for my grandkids. I got that. I learned piano as well for that for the same reason. And today, these t- today, what I'm into, I'm taking tango lessons. I love every that. Sunday. Oh, my I'm, I'm goodness. taking tango, and I'm having more fun than I'm supposed to. Have. Don't tell anybody. I'm like the Tin Man on on uh, the Wizard of Oz. I need that oil for my dance moves. It's awesome. So we're all, we're out of time. So really quick, what do you want to leave our listeners with? Well, I just I just saw a note where someone says. Uh, talking about um, it says you have to help others without waiting for feedback and, Thank you, Kim. and this That's is Kim. and this is what I'd say and this is what I would leave with you is that use the 100 zero rule give a hundred percent expect zero just give and just give and good things will happen so uh, that would be where I would leap. So, Kim, you can th- we can thank you for, for queuing that, that serve back up into the audience. Thank you very much for that comment. And, Bruce, thank you for joining us on Working on Purpose. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. It's been a fun. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Bruce Waller, the work he's doing with his team at Armstrong Companies, or his books, visit his website. It's brucewaller.com. That's B-R-U-C-E-W-A-L-L-E-R, brucewaller.com. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with director... Uh, uh, Carl Munger, who is the founder and executive director of Gallant Few. It's a nonprofit helping military veterans transition from active duty to civilian lives of hope and purpose. We talked about how and why Carl founded this organization and the incredible work they are doing to support veterans. Next week, we'll be on the air with Dr. Gene Wright, who is the author of Find Strength in Your Struggle, Discover the Miracle in You. We'll be talking about his book and the gifts we can gain from dealing with trauma. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.